Have you got any fillings, mate? I have, yeah. Mercury fillings? I think, uh, fuck, I don't know, man. I think so. Like, I see something, like, grey in there. Imaginary intro playing in my mind. Here we are once again over the magic of Zoom. Tom Hewitt is my name. I'm joined by Rawdon Dubois, as I always am. Rawdon, how are you? G'day, Tom. It's um, it's great to be here today, and uh, I really enjoyed that intro to the show. It was uh, like we were once again in the Millennium Noggin with mm. Cam. It's sad that Cam's no longer here. All we've got is Jada sitting on the couch over there. She could be Cam today. Do Have you got... Uh, Taz, could she be Cam in your part of the world? Potentially she could be, actually, yeah. Hmm. Is she looking rock star like Cam does? Well, Cam, I mean, he, he was the, uh, or is, the ultimate rock star, Cam. Hmm. He, he really embodied the lifestyle of a rock star well, as well. It, it could be past tense. Maybe he's the COVID got him. We don't know. Potentially. Maybe, maybe it was. He was <laughs> a rock star. Yeah. The greatest yeah. rock star. Uh, right, mate. We've anyway. got an interesting episode coming up today. We've got Simone Sleep on the podcast, and uh, she's a naturopath. She's done a master's in biomedical research. She's doing a PhD at the moment. She's got a very interesting uh, website you can go to called pathocell.com.au. And Pathocell. Pathocell. And she's basically um, what we're talking about today is oral health and the link between oral infections and underlying health issues what are the best practice for maintaining good oral health and interestingly Rod, and we'll go into quite a bit of stuff about nutrition yes quite often from a health perspective the lower carb higher fat ketogenic style diets get a lot of uh, tick of approval quite often particularly those suffering from autoimmune diseases and reducing inflammation and all, all, all that yeah. sort of stuff but interestingly from her perspective the carbohydrates and sugars feed a lot of the the bad bacteria in the mouth and having high glucose saliva levels feeds a lot of that bad bacteria so she advocates a lower carbohydrate approach to nutrition and she'll go through how she likes to set up a diet which is which is interesting and part of that was having a moderate to low protein intake no and, uh, <laughs> what's all that about and, how are you gonna get jacked on that and specifically not to stimulate mTOR no. mTOR pathway too much and it she's seems she's a witch doctor clearly yeah it seems more and more the longer you want to live not stimulating mTOR too much seems to be the way to go no 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 Tom <laughs> no that's just a big no from me yes you want more clenbuterol that will stimulate more testosterone that'll that'll stimulate the hell out of mTOR let's yeah. uh, let's let's get it on like Donkey Kong but 
Yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, our, uh, Simone was uh, particularly feisty too, if I recall, Tommy. She was... Uh, Queenslander. You know, cane toad. Cane toad. So she was uh, north of the border. Yeah. And uh, it was a really, really cool interview. So um, uh, I know the guys and girls will, will thoroughly enjoy her perspective on things. And there was, there was, if I recall, there was a sense of doom and gloom. She, there was lots, we're pretty much doing everything wrong. You know, so we're ticking the boxes. Oh, wrong. Ooh, that's oh, oh bacteria. Oh, 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 oh. But food for thought, and and certainly, in her case, she had some some terrible luck with uh, mm. what led her down that path with her uh, tooth infection and um, the insidious right. things that occurred for her. But the mTOR, the uh, the mechanistic or mammalian target of rapamycin, and it's now mechanistic because it's in I think in everything. I think in that. The couch over there. There's some mTOR. You know, where the, the couch gets bigger. mTOR was involved. You know, yes. But um, so now it's mechanistic target of rapamycin, and um, so not uh, specifically yeah. mammalian. Not specifically mammalian. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, I, I did actually before we went to air, I did mention that I watched a a, um, a YouTube clip on it was someone talking about rapamycin and uh, uh, an mTOR, this mechanistic target of rapamycin. He was talking about that and. And how uh, rapamycin was um, discovered in, uh, I think it was Rapa Nui, um, back in the day, so in the 60s, I think Easter Island, they discovered it in uh, some soil, if I recall correctly. And um, I think there was actually a, a plaque, if you do go to Rapa Nui, I think there's a, well, there was, and then someone stole it, and they're going to make something that, I think it was offensive, you know, they stuck it on a rock, and it's like, no, and they're going to make yeah, some right. sort of monument for the discovery of this um this uh, rapamycin, but yeah, it seems to be like rapamycin. It's it's like mTOR uh, inhibits rapamycin. I think it's that's the sort of connection. And then when mTOR signaling, um, when mTOR has been signaled, you know, be it through a training session, in you know, nutritionally we can stimulate it, training we can stimulate it. I mean, there's tons of things that will stimulate mTOR, and uh, that's probably why she said the protein intake because we know. Uh, the protein intake, the, normally we're there telling everyone, now there has to be a, a sufficient number of pro, amount of protein per meal, so you stimulate it mTOR maximally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, plenty of carbs in there too, you know, you got to recover. So, you know, pretty much uh, after you listen to this, you'll be, you know, crossing out all the things that we told you to do, but um, maybe embracing some of the things that Simone says. And, and that's probably why she, well, obviously why she recommended the low protein diet. That, and. You could probably even go to the, the, the effort of a low-protein diet, but you could also just a low-protein um, intake per meal even. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Because that's going to not have that uh, stimulation of, uh, of mTOR to get that leucine threshold. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I don't know enough to sort of articulate anything in regard to um, rapamycin, but, yeah, it seems to be linked with longevity and and mTOR is linked with you know growth I mean uh, mm-hmm. cell proliferation that's what we're looking for uh, cell growth muscle cell growth I mean muscle fibers a cell so we're looking for the very thing that mTOR does where we, we want to do that you know in the gym so there's a I think there's a, probably a fine line Tommy where you know is it well don't stimulate mTOR but if we do we gain muscle then we have better bone density and we can function better and we then have a better metabolic rate and and we you know improve our health that way but then we might also get if there is you know things underlying and yes um you know the 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 growth of of other tissue that is 
is uh, problematic for, for certain individuals, absolutely. And I think the, the metformin's uh, profound, I mean, the guys listening, unless they've been under a rock, would be aware of metformin and the, uh, the effect of metformin and the inhibition of, of mTOR and this elevation of AMPK, which is a family of proteins that influence, I think, cellular energy, but, but basically it elevates AMPK, which suppresses mTOR. And that is, well, the suppression of mTOR, I think, is why um, if you Google metformin and anti-aging or longevity, there's this pile of stuff come up. And that's what they're seeing. I think it is that inhibition of mTOR that's actually uh, in part playing the role in the, the, the life extending and uh, longevity that, that metformin is, is seemingly mm. um, inducing. So I think it is that still a, uh, a metformin, mTOR, rapamycin type, uh, well, AMPK's in there, but, but it's all sort of interrelated. But um, that would make sense if, if, if mTOR uh, is in part responsible for, you know, cell growth and if you do have poor cells that you don't want to grow because they're going to become cancerous that anything that inhibits that like metformin is is probably going to be uh, helpful in that scenario but i see where uh she was going with the lower protein intake that's obviously going to have an influence on uh that stimulation of mTOR as well you know i think we do a reasonable job of uh, making the distinction of when we discuss these things there is a there is a difference between trying to uh, push muscle mass as high as possible or mm. enhance sports performance, whatever it is, weighed up against overall health. Like we probably push the, uh, the bat, we're probably slightly out of balance. <laughs> bias. There's a slight bias there with how we push things. Biosig. Biosig. Well, but, I mean, it's, uh, uh, I talk in some of the like rodent studies, you'll see uh, a lot of uh, compelling research with you know, fasting and the, the mm. mice and rats that don't eat much, you know, they live longer. It's like, um, yeah, because they didn't do anything. They just sit there in the corner of the cage and, and just exist. So it's like, okay, that's probably a good point. They're not doing all the things that someone that's active and mm. racing around. I'd rather be that mouse, you know, in the wheel, having some fun, Absolutely. you know, spinning, spinning my wheels and um, spinning my legs in that, that, that wheel going around and around. But, yeah, so it's um, less muscle mass, less um, less energy cost. Like from an evolutionary standpoint, it would make perfect sense. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've heard Menno talk about this. Um, you inherently uh, we're lazy creatures. Like we, we 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 force ourselves to be active to go. You know, if you think back to you know Paleolithic times, you know, you think you'd be going and you know, kicking kicking the ball around, or you know, you go out hunt, eat, yeah. come back, sleep. You know have sex, you know, make some babies and that would be your activity. Then you conserve your energy until you have to go hunt again. And obviously it's a different world we live in for sure. But, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, we're probably, um, and, you know, you see all these, these mechanisms, the body will, will, I was talking about leptin before we went to air and all these mechanisms that are actually inbuilt to, to keep our body fat at a certain level. And when we do reduce it, you know, we've got uh, this, these, these, so many vectors coming at us to try and get us to eat more and, and you know gain that body fat back because yes. it's uh, it's starvation response. Well, this is you could try to kill me. I don't have any energy. This is just stupidity. I'm going to switch that switch. Let's flick that one. Let's turn up that hormone. So you know, 
well, basically what we're saying is you should become a couch potato and uh, just, just <laughs> eat a lot, no protein, and um, you'll live happily ever after. But yeah, I mean, context, yeah. I guess, Tommy. And like you say, we do, we are more from the perspective of, you know, what's going to build a bit more muscle mass, what's going to improve right. that performance and that yeah. type of stuff. But it's it's quite refreshing to, and, and how I use this stuff, Tommy, it's sort of like on those days where maybe I can't get so much food in. It's like, maybe I will do a bit of a fast and I'll drink some coffee and I know, well, well, you know, if there is any merit in, you know, not eating a ton of food 24 yes. seven, well, let's just run with that a little bit. Well, I'm gonna just extend my life a little, little bit of, now I have a big workload, so I can't, but you know, that's how I, um, I pick and choose the- Pick and choose, exactly. What science and research mm. I actually, you know, adhere to. Yeah, look, we'll get to Simone very shortly, but she did make the point several times that you can find a yeah. study or a science to spin your argument any way you any way you like it, basically. Yeah, pretty much. You know, there'll yeah. be there'll be uh, you know someone will post other research articles, so it's yeah. You know, is it the oh, yeah context, man? It's, it's exactly. Which is the which is the latest and and which is the most relevant and and which is the the, the most accurate, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's um. All right, mate. Well, we've really uh, we've really been generous with our poly waffle today. I, I, I think it's been a while, mate. Exactly. Can't ask for any refunds today. All right, we'll go to Simone. <laughs> right, Rodan. Well, this is uh, this is shaping up to be to be a good mm. one. Really a good one, exciting. standing to attention. Yeah. We're ready to go. It'd be fair to say that it's been a, traditionally a bit of a sausage fest on Under the Bar podcast, and we've it been has. doing our best to get some of the, the high-quality female minds in <laughs> uh-huh. the industry uh-huh. on the show to uh, illuminate and entertain. Yeah, fresh meat, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And this is actually a topic that we haven't covered. I remember in the very, very early days of our time together, couple of the, uh, the the biosignatures run mm-hmm. by Charles Poliquin. He did touch on the importance of dental health yes. and you know the role that plays in the health of the overall human organism. Mm-hmm. But it's something that, uh, you know, you just worry less you and less about. Teeth. You, yeah, okay, that's yeah, enough. You know, I'm, I'm all good. So I think it's worth for us delving down that path and we mm. found exactly the perfect person mm. to do just that so this is exciting we've got simone sleep on the line she's a naturopath with over 20 years of clinical experience she's got a master's in biomedical research good friends with claudette casey freeman yes who we had on the the program recently so comes yep. highly recommended simone welcome to the show and thank you for your time Great, guys. Thank you very much for having me today. Now, you've actually got, um, apart from the, the, the body of experience you have, you've actually got a very interesting personal story that led you down this path. And we always find when people are connected personally to their yeah. passion, there's that next level um, that, they Attention can, to detail. that they can bring. So do you want to let the uh, us and the listener know how you got to where you are? Yeah, for sure. Look, um, I guess I started my studies in nutrition and naturopathy in 1994 and I guess I was into all the the fads of dieting and trialling out all this great food that's meant to make you healthy and and live a long life. And I guess um, I didn't realise because, you know, obviously um, even through our training there, they don't sort of talk about... um, the, the role of oral health and I guess um, I had an accident as a young kid and knocked my front tooth that cracked and that led into a root canal so yeah. and also as a young kid I loved sugar 
lollies. Yeah, who <laughs> I ate a lot of those. Yep. And um, and because we lived on the farm out there and out in the west, um, the dentists, the school dentists, would uh, would uh, put in a lot of silver fillings back in those days. Um, mm. So, geez, I sound very old now, don't I? <laughs> but um, <laughs> so so yeah, so I had a, a mouth full of silver fillings and a root canal, and um, by the time I was 28, um, I was having a lot of uh, problems uh, with my health and I was in bed by 7.30 at night. I had no energy. Um, I couldn't even drink alcohol because I would uh, vomit from alcohol. I was just um, finding that the body was rejecting a lot of things. Um, And also um, I had a test at the doctors to come back with a a stage four with um, cancer. So cervical wow. cancer. So um, it was um, at that stage where they wanted to, obviously you've got to have your, the minor surgery and things like that, but um, I was actually displaying kidney problems as well. Um, I was also having um, pain in the front tooth because an abscess had started to form. I mean, it would have formed a long time ago because I had that root canal since the age of um, 16. So it's been there for some time. So um, I was sitting down having dinner with um, my mentor, who's a biological dentist, and he'd come back from studying over in Colorado, and he was uh, changing all of his dentistry practices to get out of uh, doing root canals and silver fillings, and he wanted to change because of his health issues with it all as well. And he says, oh, so have you got a root canal? I said, well, what's that got to do with the price of eggs? (laughs) So that's how it all started, and... um, he removed that uh, front tooth and um, there was um, a lot of uh, necrosis, like um, gangrene forming in the, uh, the, the bone tissue there. And um, when, we done the, when he did my pathologies, it came back with a lot of infection in the plasma. And Could you sorry. see anything from the tooth, like looking at it? Did it look like it was... Oh, oh it was black. Right. Like, because yeah. they put a cover over, over it, so you don't get to see the blackness of a oh, root okay. canal. So. Right. You know, no one really sells, you know, dentists don't really sell a root canal like, oh, you're going to look fabulous right. <laughs> without a cover over the top of it because it goes black. And when a root canal is performed, they take out the pulp, they take out the um, the vein and any oxygen and nutrients that are meant to feed a tooth. Now, that tooth is a living organism. It requires food to survive just like any part of your body. Now, if you're going to take away blood flow and oxygen, what happens? It dies. That yeah. that. Um, that protein structure that's in your mouth dies and it goes black. So they have to cover it because it's not going to look too good yeah. aesthetically. Yeah. So, so, and then I had another tooth that was a baby tooth and um, that had to be removed and that was full of uh, mercury fillings. So I guess when I went through the whole process, um, I had a lot of nightmares because of the mercury releasing. Um, you'll find a lot of mercury is stored in the bone tissue, mm. and um, that starts to come out uh, once you remove the environmental toxin out of your mouth, and then I started to come really good, and I've never looked back since then. Did you, um, at that time, with the, once you were made aware of the mercury, did you have chelation? I remember back at the mm. where we used to work at Clean Health, I remember um, Claudine, she had some uh, mercury fillings, I think, and they went through a process of, yeah, they... Uh, found that there was a fair bit of mercury in her blood values and various chelation therapies and stuff like that. Did you embrace that or did you just let the body deal with it once um, it was removed? Yeah, look, 
um, I followed um, the guidelines from my mentor and um, because he was getting a lot of that training from um, over the States of what they were doing in a big dental clinic in Colorado and they would have a six-day um, place where you could stay there for the week and get all your dentistry done and how they like to deal with the mercury problem and um, how they back it up is through pathologies as well, which is a good way to see the results of how this is performed. But we would actually do something like what they call like a um, ghee flush and you'd build up to it. You wouldn't actually do that straight away. You'd have to make sure that your digestion was operational. Um, you were eating a very clean um, diet, obviously, staying away for any processed foods, sugars especially. And um, we would actually then work on um, a very high-fat eating program. And then we'd do a thing called a ghee flush. And a ghee flush would last for seven days. And you would incrementally um, inter- like increase uh, ghee every day, day and night. And on the seventh day, you would just take castor oil and release it through the bowel. So um, they believed fat was a better way to chelate mercury out because, as you know, mercury is held by sulfur bonds. And in the, between the membrane of the cell, um, you'll find mercury sits nicely in the um, membrane, cell membrane because it's got a lot of sulfur okay. in, within that membrane. And that's how it holds on to mercury. And, um, you know, to be able to tap into that and try and get the body to release, it's through fats. Interesting. Fascinating. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you're and right. um, you, that's why we use a lot of fat. Yeah, you're right. You said, of course, you're known. Tom and I did know that about sulfur <laughs> yeah. and uh, the cell. Yeah. We are research scientists yeah, now, yeah, I think, yeah. uh, Tom. Biomedical researcher. Yeah. Biomedical yeah. researchers, yes. It's, <laughs> you know what's fascinating is that, you know, like a, a mercury filling, it's, it's only a really a tiny, tiny little bit. bit of actual mercury i mean i've actually had my hair mineral test and my mercury was pretty high and i should probably do something about that at some mm. point but how much mercury is actually is too much is in the system causing toxicity that's leaching through these fillings yeah i know look the ada the australian dental association or they say oh small amounts of mercury is fine you go well no it's not because when you do a pathology test and you you marry up all the biochemistry markers under the banner of mercury you can see that it's actually crossed over in the blood blood brain barrier gone into the brain so the mercury that they're using in um, teeth is not stable. Um, you know, you, all you have to do is have a hot drink or chew food and friction and heat actually releases a vapour. There's heaps of um, YouTube examples that show you how the vapour comes off that tooth. And Dr. Hal Huggins has a complete website on showing all the vapour coming out. And that vapour goes into your lungs, goes everywhere. And um People who've got thrush problems, you know, thrush, always continual thrush, um, candida issues, um, you'll find that they'll have a mercury problem and it keeps exasperating the, the whole um, thrush cycle. You can't get rid of it because it's actually having a, a, an effect with the mercury poisoning as well. It's interesting. So there's a, yeah, yeah, there's like a lot a, of factors. Yeah, and, and, you know, if you were to do a, a quiz, a handful of people that will pass on the street, they'd probably be be able to give you a list of things that they're always dealing with, you know, uh, health concerns. You wonder how yeah. much, if they dug a little deeper or knew about it, whether they would have... Uh, because they don't do it anymore with the mercury fillings, yeah? That's or they still no, do? No, no, at Griffith University, they're still training our dental students mercury. What they're doing is they're suiting them up like they're going to Mars. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh, when they're handling the mercury. Go, well, yeah, handling the environmental toxins. So... I don't know how it's different from a container and then putting into a tooth how it's stabilised. So, yeah. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make but, sense. 
it, it just doesn't. And um, I guess um, Dr. Hull Huggins was the first um, dentist and who'd set up a, a, a lab in Colorado to do his own findings, was the first to take on the FDA in America to say, hey, guys, you can't put silver fillings in there without giving the warnings to the public to say that it causes yeah. neurological damage. And he won that. He won that, and the FDA and the ADA were forced to put on their website, mercury fillings causes neurological damage. But it was in such tiny writing that no one could ever see it anyway. Yeah. And so what's, I mean, in these cases, what's their motivation to not make that warning? Like, is it oh, more look, expensive, just, the process, like, of, of filling oh, teeth? Look, or? Well, who's going who's gonna to pay for the damage? Right, gonna, right it's, It always comes down to money. Who yeah, is yeah. going to pay for the damage? We all make mistakes, right? And the pharmaceutical industry has um, yeah. bypassed laws where they don't get sued mm. for, for the drugs that they make and, and they've, they've made, us, made the government sign a disclaimer to say that they can't be chased for everything that they do or, yeah. do, or create. Mm. And so it comes down to an insurance payout yeah, yeah, that makes of sense. that. So, they yeah, and who wants to own liability. up to that fault? Right. Um, there were a lot of things, even just in that little intro there, Rawdon, that we could pick apart. I think a, an interesting place to start would be just what is, what's the concern with sugar and your dental health and what are the mechanisms at play that cause sugar to have such a deleterious impact on your teeth? Well, I guess um, dentists always like to tell their patients to keep away from sugar because obviously it's not a food group that the teeth um, responds to very well. Um, mm. You know, we know that it increases the bacterial growth and that bacterial growth will in, um, grow. And like any bacteria, they like to invite other bacteria families. Um, they're not prejudiced. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, over time, if you're continuing to eat a diet high in carbohydrates, and that can be fruits yeah. and uh, high-sugar vegetables and because the body can't recognise the difference. Mm. It just breaks down carbohydrates the way it does. So over time, that um, obviously increases um, bacterial growth. It uh, affects the gum tissue. It weakens the gum tissue. Um, it breaks down the tooth enamel. Yeah. And um, here we go, having holes created in the teeth. And so that's actually occurring in the mouth. So is it actually having yeah. sugar, say processed sugar or syrup and stuff, sloshing around your mouth as you eat it is encouraging bacteria to grow and weakening the gums and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and also uh, what it does, it, it um, increases your um, your glucose in your saliva over time, and that sits in your mouth for a long time as well. Right. So you've got, um, if you're drinking sugar, like your soft drinks and things like that, that won't sit in your mouth, but if you're eating continually high levels of carbohydrate, that sits in the mouth for, for a long time. Mm. And then you've got a high glucose saliva as well, which is also creating the same problem. Interesting. So, so it's not necessarily uh, synonymous just with uh, sugars per se. It's it's carbohydrates in general. Like uh, overconsumption yeah. of carbohydrates can become problematic. Grains. Yeah. Yeah. Even like uh, people who've got root canals, um, rotten teeth, um, really poor periodontal disease, and they're eating grain all the time. Wheat, mm. oats, any kind of grain. Doesn't matter what it is. That bacteria loves it. That is their food group to survive and. Um, live off it so you know if that's your predominant diet then um, you're going to have a lot of dentistry problems down the track and I tell you what I've had some pretty amazing um, high affluent people who are advocators uh, for eating just pure carbohydrates on 
grains to vegetables and, and fruit, hmm. and they're coming in with uh, massive um, oral diseases. Right, so you, your mouth has got its own sort of living community of bacteria and various things, yeah. and, and, and that will be good or yeah. bad depending on what they're fed. And the more grains Correct. and sugars and carbohydrates that go into your mouth, the, the better well the bad bacteria are fed and they'll grow and proliferate. Correct. And, okay. Correct. So, right. You know the old saying? The old saying is this. Um, always look in the mouth first because that's where disease starts. And if you've had any silver fillings or any white fillings or root canals or anything that had to be done to your teeth, unless you had an accident, but um, is a reflection of your disease. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. And so, what about this? What about the tooth as a living organism? Is it, so each tooth is its own its own living thing, entity. Well, um, well, not look. Um, if you look at the the Chinese, they have um, the mapped out the mouth, and um, they have like a meridian tooth chart that was mapped out for five thousand years ago, and so every tooth is um, hooked up to an organ of your body. So have you heard of the meridian tooth chart? No, I haven't. Do you guys no. know of that at all? No. Yeah. So um, I, I worked in um, a Shanghai Medical Hospital for a year and um, I worked in the acupuncture and the herbal medicine dispensaries, in the dispensary there, and um, we'd go in to the hospital part and do acupuncture and things like that, but they always believed that each tooth would be aligned to an organ of the body, of the human body. Okay. And so if you, like, had um, reproductive problems, well, then on the front tooth where I had my root canal removed, I also had cervical cancer. Ah, so as soon as I had that removed um, and I get my yearly checks, uh, there has been nothing showing anymore since then. Hmm. So they they have this um, this firm belief and understanding of the human body with teeth, and I guess um, we like to to look at that as part of our diagnostics. So if you've had breast cancer, we would look at a certain tooth and um, correlate it to whether that was on the right side or left side of the of the breast cancer. And um, the dentists that I deal with, they have a pathology test. They have the DNA test of the tooth and they follow the tooth chart and they can marry it up on every single one without fail. Wow. Interesting. Eastern medicine have been, you know, ahead of the curve on many things. So and you said that's what they believe. Is that what you believe? Look, um, I, it's not a belief now. I guess it's just um, correlations. You make correlations with the um, evidence in front of you. Yeah. So um, if I can do the the extensive blood test with my patient and say, yep, you've definitely got infection showing here. It doesn't tell you where the infection is, but we can actually see certain biomarkers that show that flag the teeth. And then you'd need an OPG x-ray to then get a 3D um, beam x-ray on the, um, the whole uh, oral cavity to see if there's any dark spots that can be shown. Um, we also, once the tooth is removed... We send that to Colorado to a DNA Connections. It's a lab over there where they will do uh, DNA testing on that tooth. They will come back with a report with the um, list of bacteria, the ones that were the most potentially dangerous to your health. And we would put all of that diagnostics together um, to prove to the patient that um, 
this is what's um, creating a cascade of events. Now, you don't look at cancer and go, oh, this is just the one way that it's creating. You have to look at multiple variants of why cancer is being uh, produced in the body because you can look at sugar, you can look at infections, you can look at um, any injury that may have caused um, a site to then go sideways. There's a whole, a whole whack of things. You just can't put it down to one thing. Mm. That would uh, put a disservice to the, to the patient. Yeah. Because we're looking at lifestyle changes for life. And once you've created a pathway to cancer, you can't go back to your old lifestyle and having, you know, copious amounts of drinks and smoking and doing what you used to do. You mm. have to change because the body has been weakened down that pathway. So yeah. you, you need to lifestyle change. Okay, so <clears throat> I guess we've established that there, there seems to be, uh, in your experience and those meridian points, a correlation with, with diseases and, and certain teeth, which is fascinating, absolutely mm. mind-blowing. What about just general, okay, those who floss and clean their teeth and have good oral hygiene, is that... You know, we're in the health and fitness industry and, you know, we'll all eat whole foods and, uh, you know, become a plant-based, uh, no, maybe not, but, but like, <laughs> embrace health and um, exercise and do everything else, but rarely is it, make sure you clean and floss and, you know, morning and night. And is there merit in, what do you think in regards to just good oral hygiene, like doing some of those basic fundamentals to look after your teeth with with flossing after meals and 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 cleaning your teeth and you're probably going to say certain toothpastes are probably not the best to use but mm. but like let's assume there is a good way or, or or a better way to look after your teeth your thoughts on that like is there a correlation with just general health and well-being with looking after your teeth oh yeah most definitely because it's uh they consider the mouth a real fest pit you know of really um, hideous bacteria and dangerous bacteria too if it gets to the levels of where it can take over the host, yeah. which is us. So, yeah, you must get into that habit of um, flossing your teeth twice a day if you can, um, but flossing every day. And um, the old saying from some of these dentists, you know, who, <laughs> who are veterans now, they say, just floss the teeth that you want to keep. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. you're right. and um you know so flossing is so important to to make sure that the teeth are, are clean you know between the teeth and and brushing um, twice a day um, is brilliant you must do that and of course we don't like the the uh, teeth paste that's made today we uh our dentist has made a, a perrier mix of um uh, what he's got in there is um, sodium scorbate vitamin c powder He's got pickling salt. It's the cleanest salt you can get on planet Earth right now. It's actually distilled salt from any kind of toxin in the salt. It's uh-huh. it's very strong. And he puts that in there and um, a powdered mint and bicarb soda. So it's, it's a combination of um, this powder. And um, people who've got um, mouth infections or bleeding gums after brushing and that, they can pack it in and keep it on for a couple of hours, and that'll kill off um, the bacteria there. But you must go to the dentist every six months, and don't just get one of these cheap cleans. Go to um, a good holistic dentist where they do the real deep clean. They have to really get down deep, and it hurts. But it's that kind of clean um, we need every six months to keep on top of, um, you know, our our oral health because – 
our health long term is um, important to us, right? And if it, so, if it just means that, then that's cheap. I, yeah. I don't think you want to face $78,000 heart disease <laughs> operation or yeah. anything like that. It's interesting, like uh, recalling back to my uh, dentist that I saw, have seen, I don't see him anymore because I don't live on the coast, but it was always, you know, the flossing and, and getting the food out, but, but also disrupting the bacteria that's forming there as well, which yeah. marries quite nicely to what you actually said with, you know, the carbohydrates and whatnot, and maybe yeah. that particular food group is more problematic for the nestling between the teeth than a bit of protein or... Um, or, or fat is, but uh, but it certainly resonates with exactly what he said as well. Like it was yeah. get in mm. there and, and break up the bacteria. Uh, super important flossing your teeth. My uh, my wife has uh, recently my wife has recently uh, <laughs> gone to a um, a holistic dentist, and she just loves going to the dentist. Like she loves this woman, what and it's, it's been quite a life changing experience for her. And so we're now brushing our teeth with a little concoction that she cooked up, which is very similar to what you were saying, Simone. It's got some salt in there and various oh. powders and things, and a few drops of mint or, mm-hmm. or a bit of lavender, whatever else. And then she's cooked up some. Uh, uh, mouthwash and all, all this kind of stuff um can you actually heal your teeth by using these sorts yeah, good, of things good question because as you age the gums inherently become problematic they recede and can you rejuvenate the mouth in any yeah. way oh most definitely and that'll come down with diet number yeah. one and um that will come down to making sure your vitamin c level intakes are uh, high because you want to keep your connective tissue strong um there's heaps of things you can do to slow down the aging process, and that's called lowering your insulin yeah. in your blood. Yeah. Because um, you want to lower these uh, the glucose saliva in your mouth as well. So, um, yeah, I think it comes down to lifestyle change because you are going to age, you are going to break down, and the connective tissue is going to weaken as you get older. No. But I can tell you what, you don't need to die with a mouth full of infections. Because mm. I, I, I don't know what's worse. I think that would be a hideous way to go. Yeah. But um, but yeah, keep you look. You can't um, regrow. Look at the moment over in Italy, they're looking at um, using stem cell, and um, I can't give you away too much about what I'm doing with my PhD because we're looking at um, bone regrowth and regrowing uh, bone structure as well in in wow. my PhD in dentistry. Right. Um, so in Italy, they're regrowing um, certain uh, facial bones and things like that um, through stem cell. And there's a lot of talk about regrowing your teeth mm, through stem really? cell therapy. They're, they haven't got it down pat yet. So you can imagine if a baby teeth was starting to grow back and you're walking around with the front tooth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just don't know how that looks. But, um, you know, um, it's on its way. It's on its way, yeah. and I guess um, we're getting the science there for people who've lost a tooth because you don't want an implant because that's going to put another prosthetic in your mouth and where bacteria can go around and start to grow again. So the options for dentistry are not the best because we try to stay away from anything that creates infection growth again. So obviously we don't advocate root canals to the disgust of the ADA. We don't advocate... Uh, dental implants to the disgust of the ADA because of the fact that they grow infection. Now, that's been proven over in America in that lab. You can go on their website. They've proven it over and over, and they've got five distinct uh, bacterial um, groups that will will grow around an implant. 
So, and then you've got to get that ripped out. So you cost, it costs, what, uh, $20,000 to put an implant in and then you've got to have that ripped out. It's not a, a nice thing to go through knowing that you had to have it removed because infection got in the way and it started to um, create more health problems for you. So, um, you know, when we age and when we start to break down, you just want to keep the good habits going, like brushing mm. your gums with salt and things like that, and and continue on to the day you die. You just you just don't um, change because you just don't want your mouth um, to be tampered with as 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 much as possible. Because mm. dentistry is evasive; it's the most evasive treatment you can get. Mm. And if they do it wrong, um, it's going to cost you so much to get yourself out of that issue. And a lot of people don't have money for dentistry mm. alone let alone um, any other organs that are going to be replaced on top of because an infection started attacking the organ. Yeah, it certainly uh, paints a grim picture, potential grim yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. so what, um, you know, the, the toothpaste that we buy off the shelf, that's no good. Is there a, a legitimate conspiracy behind fluoride and all that kind of stuff? Oh, gosh. Now you're going to open up Pandora's box. Um. Yeah. Tom, come on. Yeah. What are you doing, mate? Open her up. Uh, Let's go. I'm just going to catch the next plane to the US. Um, yeah. But, look, there's always a science review for and there's always a science review against. Yeah. Science is very subjective and you can always find something to, um, I guess, uh, help your belief system or mm. back it up. Mm. Mm. So... I guess um, when I talk about um, my experiences, it's because it's been in clinical practice and I can show a pathology test and go, well, can you explain it any different? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if this was meant to be working, I mean, if, sure, fluoride, put it in the water, it's going to kill everything else in the water as well. Um, I, I'm not quite sure if it's actually done its job in protecting people from caries because um, there's a lot of people that still need to go to the dentist. They're still getting uh, mm. silver fillings and things like that. They still haven't stopped eating sugar. They're yeah. still eating bad food. So, you know, put all the drugs and everything in their waterways or whatever, but that's not going to stop people eating bad food and it's not going to stop dental caries. Bandit. So um, I think they're going about it in the wrong direction. I think um, – forcing medication down people's throats that way is probably not the appropriate way. Mm. Um, what they should have done was put uh, dentistry on Medicare. But yes. you see, that doesn't really suit the commercialisation of the food groups, does it? Because um, you've got commercialisation of food and their companies and they need to make a living. And mm. they require people to live on those sugary foods and packaged foods to survive. So I just think the whole system is wrong in the way it's trying to handle the problem. Um, I think they're not coming up with um, a better solutions where it's a healthier environment to live in. And I guess um, it's affecting the mouth on, on so many levels. Um, our food chain has changed uh, so dramatically that it's um, putting fluoride in the water. It, uh, it doesn't cut the mustard. And putting all these fancy toothpaste with fluoride in there, it doesn't seem to be cutting the mustard either. People have still got massive dental issues and it's because of the food we eat. Mm. So um, you can get all the fancy stuff out there. You can have all the top-notch therapy out there, but if you 
uh, not controlling the infection in the mouth. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you think you are as a therapist or a surgeon or whatever. If no one's addressing the infection in the mouth, then uh, people are just going to unnecessarily die in the emergency hospital ward. Yeah, well, you've been told to. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on on a brighter note. uh, All right, so... Apart from us all dying on the operating table. Uh, I mean, well, there's a couple of things. Um, you mentioned uh, carbohydrates uh, being problematic for the teeth. Is it s- seems to be synonymous just with that food group? Like the proteins and fats don't seem to be as uh, problematic. And is Look, it um, and is it maybe yeah. because because you know back in the day, um, you know we were designed to eat uh, proteins and you know, not as many, I mean, there weren't as many starchy carbohydrates. What was it? Like fruits, fruits and that roots, roots. But comparatively speaking, it probably would have been much less. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day, I would assume. Yeah. I guess, um, I, I love how people like to compare primal days to what is today. Mm. And I've got a really good quote here. I was just reading up on, um, Nora Ged um, she said, in this country, um, we really do have an unnatural access to unnatural abundance of food mm. and have come to expect big portions out of, as a matter of course. So, mm. you know, I love how we always compare back to the primal days to what we are today mm. because you just can't compare. You just no. look at today's problems and see what today's problems are, are creating exactly. <laughs> at the end of the day. So when... Um, People want to go on their vegan and, and vegetarian diets um, and to create that whole amino acid protein um, combination so that they feel that they're getting all their dietary needs. What they're missing is that they're using overusing starchy food to, um, to, to get, get that. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. And, you know... Um, and that's the whole problem is then you start to um, create a problem called insulin resistance. And you guys all know about insulin mm-hmm. and how that affects the fat metabolism. And insulin is the hormone controller. Mm. It is it. It controls where fat goes, where it gets to, um, distributed, everywhere. Mm. And if you can't get that insulin down then and you're eating a vegan diet or vegetarian diet, I'm not quite sure how you're going to get that down. They say, oh, we're going to use coconut oil or whatever. But it it doesn't because when I do my blood chemistries on these people, their insulin is up around 10, and that's like a type 2 diabetes. Mm. Interesting. And then you've got the problem with the mouth. So lots of uh, uh, infection in the mouth because the mouth loves starch. It loves grains. That bacteria loves it and feeds off it. So mm. when we get people on butter, like, you know, the real hard butter, the, the pure butter mm-hmm. um, that we've been told to get off since uh, 1955, by my memory, from Ansel, mm. um, butter actually coats the teeth and keeps it white. And teeth loves dense food, not sugary food, dense, because the bacteria hates it. It can't survive in an environment like that. Okay. Why don't we sort of go a little deeper into the nutritional side of things then? I mean, Simone, from your perspective, what does a good-looking diet 
um, you know, look like and how much for, room for carbohydrates yeah, is from there. A, from an oral, oral height. Let's do it okay, from, then. from yeah, that angle. Oral, like, health, yeah. oral health, yeah. That's where we're, we're at. So. Okay, so um, do you guys understand the rapamycin pathway? Have you ever heard of that? You guys, because you guys me- are me- into your the, protein. The, the mechanistic target of rapamycin or um, mammalian target of rapamycin, one of those two? Yeah, mammalian, yeah, yeah. the mammalian one. Um, because, you know, like if you overeat on protein right if you if your levels are hot too high then you will actually trigger this metabolic pathway called the rapamycin synthesis and um we don't really want to um create what they call an mTOR pathway too much because that's all about growth the only time you get mTOR pathway to happen is say around pregnancy you know for growth of a baby and things like that yeah what you want to achieve say with oral health or anything, anyone that's got a disease process is to make sure that your protein levels are kept to a minimum. So, yes, I agree. You want more whole foods, plant-based whole foods, um, but keep your protein to a very minimum. And when you weigh out, say, beef, like a mince or something like that, you're weighing out less than 100 grams. Do you guys advocate that? You guys are not... Well, I mean, see, this is the challenge with this whole conversation and I guess why we asked you specifically about what's the best diet from a health perspective mm. because it's becoming very, very apparent to me that there's a distinction between having really good body composition and carrying a ton of muscle mm. and, and eating health. for health and longevity. anti-aging and longevity because yeah. all of these yeah. mTOR pathways and things that, you know... They're great, Tom. That Pump them. Pump the hell out of those bad boys. We're trying to cash in on... <laughs> get all these growth factors going and punch mTOR and, and build as much muscle as possible, you're actually, from an anti-aging perspective, trying to do the opposite in yeah. many ways. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's finding the yeah. balance, that's a tough one. Finding, yeah, that, and that's what we do. So when we do your pathology tests, we can actually look at your protein utilisation, whether you're actually utilising it, yeah. and then why aren't you utilising it? Is it because there's an environmental toxin going on or is it because of an infection going on or because you've got this mTOR pathway getting triggered? And because it's now going to affect an insulin pathway as well. So there's too many uh, factors that you've got to look at. So basically, um, we're all about getting the cell to heal, repair itself, not create new cells, okay? So if you want to create anti-aging effect, um, you lower the protein, Mm, meat, less than 100 grams. And um, we're saying about 66 grams of pure protein per day, max. Okay. Okay. Weighing meat is different to then understanding how much pure protein yeah, yeah, is sure, actually sure, in that sure. weighted yeah. meat, okay? 60 is pretty low, yeah. That would be like a, very low, a, a right? 0. 0.5 grams low. per kilo or something. Yeah. yeah, that's per meal, right? Yeah. It's per meal. So that's what we do. So we don't get you off uh, meat altogether. We just really limit it because everyone likes to go down to the RSL club and get that $10 special of a 300-gram oh, yeah. steak. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> and think, oh, God, we're safe. That's true. Oh, my God, that's about four meals in one sitting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then you wonder and then you wonder why your people have got this little belly, you yeah. know, the, the tie that wraps around your gut. Well, yeah. because that can actually happen from overeating in protein. Absolutely. Calories are yeah. calories. All right. So yeah. lower protein intake, plenty of whole foods. Um, we're, okay. So we're protein that sort of. Then, Where do we go from there? Uh, yep. And then we go for the high fat. So I get my uh, patients to have about four, uh, 40 to 80 grams of butter per day. Okay. Oof. Yeah. I like the sound of that. That's a, mm. that's a, a knob of that's butter, a, Tom. Yeah. That's a right. Knob. So you can cook with it. 
you can cook your meal with it or you can cut it up and put it on your salad. Um, nice. Because the thing is, what we're trying to do, butter is uh, fantastic for lowering the insulin within hours. Yes. And so we want to keep that good fat going in. But it also stimulates the IgA, the mucosa of the gut. Um, it's got fantastic um, properties in the butter yeah. um, for, for environmental toxins. So we use butter a lot, you know, the pure stuff that's wrapped in paper, not wrapped, you know, in a plastic container. Yep. So um, we get our, our fat levels up. And the question about, you know, oh, yeah, that's going to affect my cholesterol. Well, go and exercise first thing in the morning. Walk, do whatever you have to do because that lowers cholesterol down naturally, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, when you're looking at cholesterol problems and they're thinking, oh, it's all this fat and it's going to have an endothelium attack because of the cholesterol, and you go, well, are you guys looking at all the blood chemistries to actually see what else triggers cholesterol, like sugar, mm. like an environmental poison called mercury or lead? Because mm-hmm. cholesterol will respond to those kind of factors as well. And um, my recent study um, that I did for my master's, which got published, was looking at omega-6. Now, you know how omega-6 came out because everyone poo-pooed butter? Mm-hmm. Mm. And so we better go and make some hydrogenated... Um, margarine. You know, margarine. Oil. Yeah, margarine. And let's get some omega-6 oils like safflower, sunflower, all these Canola. seed oils. Mm-hmm. Canola. Corn oil, high in mercury, all those oh, fantastic yeah. oils. Uh-huh. And... Um, and then they, what they did was they absolutely, the commercialised um, food companies absolutely made a bucket out of this and saturated our whole food chain with omega-6 oils and to the point where we feed our chickens with grain that is high in omega-6. So it's affecting our um, meats that way. Mm. And so what we found um, was that we saw the Western diet change from, you know, omega-6 ratio of omega-3 yep. was meant to be 1 to 1 or 2 to 1. Mm-hmm. It's now 21 to 1. So omega-6 is 21 and omega-3 is 1. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> of yep. fish oil. And now that's causing a massive problem because um, if you're a, a woman that's going to want to have a child and you're eating potato chips and chicken parmigiana and, um, and all these other foods that um, have a lot of omega-6 in it, you're actually going to affect the um, cardiovascular disease of your offspring. Interesting. Especially, wow. especially male. It actually affected the males more than the females because females have estrogen and that's very protective against yep. the cardiovascular disease. Mm. So we um, found, um, and, and this is the thing, everyone gets on this bandwagon, you know, vegan bandwagon, um, then ketogenic bandwagon, and all these um, documentaries that are coming out and then everyone races off to it and, oh, yeah. my God, it's going to make me this and that. <laughs> And then years down the track, you get a scientist like me who has to go through the whole lot and mm. <laughs> do some rat studies and find out that you over-consumed over on it. So, And then it becomes a problematic thing because omega-6 now triggers your pathway to inflammation all the time. Yeah. And that's going to have an effect on your endothelium cell, uh, lining. And so, you know, um, and omega-6 was great for lowering cholesterol and blood, blood pressure. But too much of it is now doing damaging effects on cardiovascular disease. Mm. So, right. so we've got protein intake low, the higher butter, you love the butter, get your fat intake up a little bit, yeah. but but not too much of the omega-6 fats. Would be more. Uh, is there a bias towards omega-3s? You encourage 
encourage all the omega threes. Yes, yeah. your cod liver oil, anti-inflammatory oils, EPA, DHA. Okay. Um, definitely, if you're going to eat fish, and for those who are worried about mercury poisoning in the ocean, keep to whiting. It's a lower end fish. It doesn't eat a lot of other fish, yep. and you'll find that it's at lower levels in mercury. What, what about a bit of a bit of nice swordfish? Are they, are they nice and low on the? Uh... They're quite high, in, I think, aren't they? Yeah, they high, high? yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just checking. <laughs> that was a trick question. Yeah. Uh, it was just me. <laughs> Even prawns, I still break out on prawns. Oh yeah, and I, it comes out in a in a terrible um, rash that's very painful, very painful because the reaction to to the heavy metal. And 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 then um, you make up the rest of your food with the uh, the vegetables, is vegetables that, and, and yeah. fruits in there as well. Do you like uh, the yeah. fruits? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, um, and the herbs, um, freshly grown herbs in your own garden. It'd be really good to see start to see people start having their own backyard full of vegetables and growing it yourself. It's um, mm. cheaper, and um, you know what goes in there. Yeah. But um, but yeah, look, we sort of keep off um, bananas and um, oranges and just really watermelon, high end fr- uh, sugary fruits and. Yep. Keep to a lot of the leafy green vegetables, yep, you know, because yep. it's lower in starch and, and carbohydrates. Yep. So we've got to really get uh, the carbohydrate level really low in some people, especially when they're um, pre-diabetic yes. and especially when they've got an infection. Because the thing is, it's very dangerous. And this is the one thing that um, we're introducing with the new company um, is a lot of training in um, – um, the new concept called periometabolic risk. Are, are you at risk with periometabolic? And mm. perio is periodontal disease and then the metabolic. So you know how everything's about metabolic syndrome with all the sugars and all the changes yep. in our diet. So it's creating um, a lot of uh, disease in the mouth. So we're doing a lot of training because what the practitioners, and this is GPs, are not communicating with dentists um, and people are actually dying or they're coming out into a secondary disease. So if you don't get your clients' uh, saliva glucose down before they go into dentistry, um, and then when they pull out a tooth that's full of infection, guess where all that infection goes? Because you've just taken away the house. They've got nowhere Mm. to live. So there's three months where it's a period, it's a real tight period that you stay very strict away from um, high-carbohydrate eating and make sure that your insulin's kept very low so that the infection cannot go off to elsewhere causing more destruction in the body. And if you've already got cancer or some chronic degenerative um, disease, you do not want to have that infection um, going out around causing more damage because mm. it's harder to get them out of that. And this is where I find people don't have enough outpatient care services for dentistry. They're just left alone. They're just yeah. left to their own yeah. defences. I don't know of any. So with the uh, saliva glucose levels, does that happen acutely? So you eat a, a sugary meal or a high-carbohydrate meal and uh, sugars accumulate around the mouth and then the saliva is high in glucose? Or is it, you know, you have a lot of carbohydrates in the system, you have sugars in your bloodstream from the gut and that then leaches into yeah. the saliva? Is that what's going on? Well, yeah, it'd be, it'd be more from an from a internal problem where it sort of then hits the enzyme problem to then obviously production of saliva because of what's happening in the plasma, the insulin plasma right. being really high. So, so chronic- this is why we do a fasting insulin all the time because we want to actually see what levels are we dealing at. And also we can see people go backwards because their pancreas is not producing enough insulin anyway. There's yeah. two ways you could go. 
And it's so, always a sugar problem. So chronic, yeah. chronically elevated, Tommy. Yeah. Sounds like chronically yeah. elevated. Yeah. All right, so yeah. we're, we're, we're giving a, a lot of interesting uh, facts and figures and um, a, a bit of doom and gloom. Yeah. Like, all right, so, so I understand it. So um, if they're potentially for our listeners, if they are working with anyone or the, themselves and they, they do have uh, reason to suspect you know i mean we all have clientele that are particularly hard to get in shape and and maybe they're they're dealing with various things and obviously we treat them ourselves tom yes. we don't refer out, <laughs> refer out. so okay now i guess after talking to someone we have an awareness that it may be something originating from the the, the, the teeth so the first question will be um you know where where do they go from here now that we've made them aware that the the teeth play a role in in you know many diseases and, and, and these scenarios, like, cool, do they go to a normal dentist? Like, what sort of uh, recommendation do you make from here if, if our listeners suspect that there's some underlying concerns with their teeth? Or, like you said, just like a, a rotten tooth. I mean, I'm, I know many that are, oh, yeah, this tooth is, you know, I've got to get it pulled mm. out. Like, is that, if they do actually have a rotten tooth or some sort of issue, is that then equal, they've got more bacteria growing and the potential for other illnesses to manifest the longer they leave the tooth in there like is it they want to get it sorted out asap and and where do they go do they just yank it out themselves a bit of uh, a bit of fishing line on the door and just slam <laughs> yeah. the door tommy old yeah, school do, do a little uh, high fats diet for a week yep tie some fishing line around the tooth there boom you go. and then flush them out with I a bit of butter it, that's I, it i wish it was that easy yeah um, so what, what what do you recommend what, where do they go be really good to get them educated um, because then um, the process is all about safety. So if they've been, like the, I guess um, like any dentist would say, if they've got an infected tooth and, and it's pussing out or it's got a lot of pain, obviously emergent, in an emergency like that, you'd want to get that removed and make sure that they remove the periodontal ligament that holds that tooth onto the jawbone because you can't leave that behind because that'll just rot and get infected again and it'll cause, cause a, another abscess. So um, if you've got time, make sure they can actually go to a um, holistic dentist because they will okay. talk about the aspects of safety and making sure that they do it in a safe manner and that they'll get the extra care. They just go to a normal dentist. It's just yank it out, see you later, kick you out the door, and mm. good luck with all that. And Simone, is is it like um, there seems to be with Dr. Vinesh Singh? He's a, a, a functional practitioner that we're familiar with on our program. Um, are holistic dentists are they becoming more and more mainstream? Like, are they hard to find? Once upon a time, a functional practitioner a GP was difficult, but now it seems to be. A lot more embracing mm. both sides of the fence and eastern and western a, a, a dentistry a little bit behind or are there more and more holistic uh, dentists coming about look um a lot of these dentists it comes down to education and whether they want to think outside the square i think some of these dentists might see it as um you've got the the clayton holistic dentists where they still want to do root canals they still want to do implants because that's good money for them that's mm. business yeah and um, and then they'll slap in the whole thing of, but if you want a holistic dentist, we can be holistic for you. So they're not like your true holistic. They're just looking at a market change. It's, it's like the this whole thing about becoming vegan now. It's like it changes the whole concept and it's about marketing. Mm. And so you get all these people racing off doing that because, oh, it's a marketable thing. Um, you really need to look into it 
um, just to make sure that because my dentist that I refer a lot of my patients to has um, microscopes in his clinic. He's a true, true believer and won't do anything that will put harm into your long-term health. So he he will never do a root canal. He will never do an implant and he won't do it for money. That's Mm -hmm. a true, true um, biological dentist. And with these um, microscopes that he's got in his lab, it's to check for parasites in the mouth on top of infection. So we're looking at dog parasites in people's mouths. So any of those dog lovers out there, you're going to have to be checked. So what, they take a swab from your mouth and put it under under the microscope? microscope. And they'll show you. They'll Mm. show you straight away this is what you're dealing with. So you've got a parasite and not only do you have an infection and not only do you have all these um, emergency removals of teeth and things like that to stop any kind of death because if an infection is not treated, guess where it goes straight away? To the heart. In the bloodstream, in the heart. Yes, correct. Mm. And that's why sometimes you'll have hardening of the um, arteries to the heart is because it's trying to stop an infection. So this body has a natural defense against um, cardiovascular disease um, naturally just from infection. Well, the best defense is offense, Tom. Yes. So we are yes. thicken up the old arteries just to portion <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Silly you know, sausage. These um, big marathons, and I'd actually watch one guy drop dead after a marathon, and I couldn't work it out. I thought, God, he's fit, he looks fantastic, and things like that, until I realised that the um, infections in his mouth finally got to him, interesting, and uh, created a heart attack on on the actual day of the marathon. Wow, crazy! Yeah. All right, so we've uh, I tried to get out of the doom, but we're back in the doom. <laughs> okay, so we're all going to die. Cam, you're going to die probably today. But um, okay, so that if there's if there okay if there's thoughts that there is something serious going on, perhaps find a holistic uh, dentist that that can handle it. What about uh, for everyone else that um, is not necessarily suspecting, you know, rotten tooth and, and infections and whatnot, just some general recommendations. We've got the food sorted, Tommy, so yeah. generally a, a lower starchy carbohydrate environment, lots of whole foods, some fruits, but not the too sweet fruits, protein a little lower. Um, certainly for maybe a, once we've finished bulking, Tom, and we're, we're resigned ourselves to be a, a smaller, more like Cam, mm. I'll, I'll then drop the protein down to uh, the smaller amounts. And uh, the flossing and, and, and cleaning teeth, like can we, can we have some blanket? This is what, what you recommend for our listeners to, to keep on top of things. Yeah, what kind of toothpastes? Um, can you swoosh your mouth in coconut oil and that kind of stuff? Like or salt water, yeah. maybe down yeah. to the beach. Or and, salt water, yeah. yeah. I guess... Um, um, there's some there's some really good practitioners out there that are uh, doing dentistry support now, and okay. um, what they're doing is they have a whole list of things and um, products that you can purchase that you can fill your cabinet with, and understand how to brush, how, understand how to floss, and they they can be um, a lot of the naturopathic. Obviously, we're so open minded to learning mm. how to keep health um, at its peak long term. And a lot of us are now starting to work alongside dentists as well. So you'll see okay. a lot of these holistic dentists have got naturopaths in their clinics yeah. there. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. yeah, so you can find a holistic dentist, ask if there's a naturopath in there and say, look, I'd like to make an appointment and learn right. um, the good and, um, and get in with a dentist um, that you can do your month, uh, six monthly checks and um, cleans. And deep clean. Uh, yep. And deep clean. And, um, yeah, get into um, the alternative um methods for cleaning and keeping your gum tissue strong with Mm. um and i will do a plug here for nutrition diagnostics um they sell a whole range of um dental um, care products because obviously it's designed by a dentist (laughs) 
and um, they and you can get that from any um, naturopath practitioner. Um, they can order that in for you, um, and basically get that whole regime changed over and um, get these great products because obviously you're not getting the sugar in there. You're not um, you're finding that um, it's just got a a better objective of how it's going to keep your old health um, healthier. You know, yeah. you, you, mm. you're wanting um, better products. You're wanting something that's going to work effectively. And to understand that it comes from a dentist who looks at people's mouths every day would know what would work and what doesn't work. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, right, so na- na- naturopaths would be your port of call. That's if you um, want to look, look at a lot, I mean, a lot of we, naturopaths. Yeah, look. The, the training that we're, that we're setting up now would be for GPs as well because um, the kind of training we're doing, um, um, we, it would be for naturopaths, GPs, things like that because of the high level of um, uh, biomedical um, training you needed, um, but also to refer back to a dentist. So you've got to be able to work in with a dentist because you're going to need them and you've got to have um, a good working relationship. So getting even GPs to understand, and back in the old days, they used to look in your mouth. If you ever used to go to those doctors mm. back in the old, old mm. days, the first port of call would be to look back in the mouth, but they've forgotten to do all that again. Mm. Put the and tongue so, out and say, ah. Yes. Yeah, say, ah. ah. Yes. <laughs> then you'd drop your strides and they'd sort yes. of cup your sack ah. and say, cough for me, please. <coughs> <coughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, all of that seems to be the lost art of diagnosis. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Tom still drops his strides, yeah. bends over at the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Tom, as the doctor, the GP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so now we're just going to take this to another level. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Tom, yeah, you're always going to lower the tone but, of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. Yeah, but look, it's, it's all about education, mm. I guess, is what I'm saying. Get oh, educated yeah. about why the importance of dentistry and Get in, have a good relationship with your dentist. There's so many people that hate dentists. Yeah. They've been harmed mm, by yes. a dentist, and that is the hardest thing. Some people would uh, rather die than yeah, go and see go a dentist. To the dentist. Yeah, 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 oh. totally. Look, um, you've mentioned the vegan diet a couple of times, and the uh, I think alluded to the Game Changers documentary. One of the things they brought up was a um, an image of the human jaw, and mm. they looked at the teeth and they said, "Look, it's these like are, a cow, Tom." Yeah, these are flat. <laughs> These are flat teeth designed designed meat. purely for crushing plants, mulching. There's mulching. no sharp claws like a bear or a mm. you know lion or something like that. So mm. based off the the human jaw, we're not supposed to uh, to eat um, animal products. Where do you sit with the just purely on the 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 way the mouth is designed and what sorts of food it's uh, designed to uh, to break down and eat? Oh God. <laughs> uh. Well, what about Western A. Price? Do you know? Do you know? Do you guys know about Western A. Price? He was a dentist back in the 1800s, going around to all the different primal communities and looking at their mouth structure and how beautiful their teeth was, wide and strong and straight teeth. There was nothing um, uh, disformed about their jaw bones, and and um, they kept on their ancestral eating, but. Um, you know, nutrition is stuck on in a paradigm based on, you know, bad science. Mm. Uh, since now that I've done a science degree, I can actually understand where the flaws come in with mm. all of this. And as I said before, you can find science that will um, uh, promote your cause or 
or dismantle mm-hmm. a whole industry based on science, you know. And I guess um, I can't really comment about the, the structure of the jawbone because over time we've morphed. Um, when we looked at Dr. A. Price's, um, his investigations of how the jaw structure was and, and then he'd have another snapshot 10 years later, the jaw structure was looking narrower, um, the teeth were all crooked mm. as the food um, changed, as our food chain changed. It's, it's, um, it's how we evolve over mm. time as we get exposed to the environment that we live in. So you can't compare back there. Mm. Right. We don't live off the planet anymore. We live yeah. off coals and woolies. I just don't know why you want to go back and start comparing back then. Mm. Right, so the the fact that our teeth are like this aren't reflective of uh, what they may have been back in... um, That's right, we can't. It's it's just, we're not there. Stop going back and rehashing the past. (laughs) That's that's like a bad relationship breakup. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. There we go, Mr. Game Changer. All right, well, um, Simone, so what are you currently working on and can people get in contact with you or do you offer your services and to individuals needing health or what's... Yeah, and what's in the future? You mentioned yeah. the diagnostics. I think we discussed uh, off-air things being sent to the US. I think you have plans to uh, have it in-house in Australia, yeah? Yeah, so we'll be the first patient-centred um, laboratory in Australia to offer um, DNA um, PCR testing on teeth to then print out a report of all the um, infectious bacteria that's found in the person so that we can treat them uh, correctly and with the, the proper antibiotics so that dentists um, are not blinded and they can actually go, right, this is the correct antibiotic we need for this patient while they're going through an emergency because you're going to need antibiotics. I'm sorry, you can't sidestep it when an infection is deadly and it will kill you. Mm. But what we can do is pinpoint which bacterium because giving out broad-spectrum antibiotics is just not cutting the mustard anymore and it's not um, helping uh, get to the the problem um, with people. And Sometimes you can miss the infection and they end up getting sicker again. So, And we also wanted to um, marry the pathology reports that we get from QML to then see where the damage is gone in the, in the, um, in the body as well so that we can then put together a really comprehensive uh, findings for our patients so that we don't miss them. And then it stops a guessing game for the practitioners out there. And plus it gives the, the patients a peace of mind that they can trust their practitioner that they're doing their job to find the issue. Because have you found that you get a lot of um, patients um, doctor hopping or naturopathic hopping? Yeah, sure. Um, because they're just not into the cause of their problem. Mm, absolutely. Mm. And is that and, um, that diagnosis, uh, Simone, is that um, with said tooth removed, sent it to you, or do you, do you take a swab yeah. beforehand? So the, dentist, like what? so the dentist will remove the tooth and then send it to us, and we'll have little kits that they'll put it in and right, okay. send it to us, and then we'll do the DNA testing and then send them a report via, via the computer system. So, yeah, it's... it's um, Nothing fancy or new, just that it's not available in Australia and it saves costs and um, that will be my contribution to um, improving the diagnostics here in Australia and hopefully stop the unnecessary deaths in the emergency rooms of the hospitals. Absolutely. That's uh, very, uh, very exciting in the future. Again, off air, you said you were 
couple of years uh, on the tools in the university. Is there anything uh, you're back in the, the lab doing any more research? Like what's anything uh, interesting there uh, coming up? Oh, heaps. Heaps in, in the role of dentistry and alternative therapies to dentistry. So for bone uh, rejuvenation, bone regrowth, That's things right, like that, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of things that we can um, definitely do. So um, I guess um, laser is, is a big thing now that's coming into dentistry, laser treatment and yeah. killing off infection in the mouth and also for, oh, wow. for bone rejuvenation. So um, that's a big area that has not been looked into by researchers. Interesting. So, Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, it's you, be... you're still going to be uh, with a white lab coat on like Tommy and I are mm-hmm. most of the time. You're still going to be in there hands-on in the in the yeah. in the lab yeah most that, yeah most definitely so yeah awesome. we still see people we still refer a lot of people um especially ones um, with a lot of chronic degenerative diseases um the hard cases um I've, i guess i've got known for the last resort person to come yeah. and see if you've been everywhere and um so yeah we still we still look after people um until we're, while we're transitioning into the lab yeah. Okay. Okay. And if people yeah. want to get in contact, where do they find you? So yes, the best way to um, get in contact with me is just to email. While we're still setting up a lot of the back end um, systems at the moment, um, they can just get me on at um, Simone at pathocell p a t h o c e l dot com dot au, and um, just give me an email, and um, we can communicate that way while things are still setting up mm-hmm. at the moment. And, and, and not so much of the anti-aging moving forward? Uh, no, somewhere. all of that concept will move into the patho cell. Okay. So right. 20 years of all of that work, what it is is just putting it into a lab, but we'll be seeing patients within that lab as well. So it'll okay. be a very um, on-site diagnostics with um, consultation rooms and things like that. Okay, so did you note that patho cell? So I might shoot you, uh, flick you a quick email and um, see if you can uh, knock up a bit of GH and Botox. You know, uh, look after you that type of stuff. Uh, that's anti-aging, I think. Is that uh, within your, uh, That'd be your scope of practice? Yeah. Oh, early death. I think, um, I think it's good to get out of that anti-aging name because I think uh, that's, that term has been used in the in the wrong context <laughs> yeah all right cross that off tom yeah. no gee well i guess the, yeah. Pepe Le Pew's. I, I, the first step to anti-aging is actually not dying yeah that's right so, yeah <laughs> yes okay that's very good fair point fair point <laughs> awesome and that's been absolutely fascinating there's a lot of stuff mm. there that i've uh that um i didn't know about and now no. i do and and i'm probably slightly more concerned about things than i was at the start of the conversation <laughs> uh, nonetheless oh, <laughs> I try to explain it in more layman's terms and try to try to explain yeah. it as a, I appreciate as, a that. as a scientist. It's a bit crazy when you try to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, no, problem, we, the problem with the layman's terms is that I actually understood everything you said. And yeah, uh, now you're very now worried. Like, oh, better go to the bloody dentist then, hey? Yeah, see, that's why I didn't understand, yeah. uh, Simone. I, I'm more the research scientist of the two, and uh, yeah. it was it was far too lowbrow for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really understand what you were yeah. saying, but uh, oh gosh. Anyway, look, thanks so much for your time. That was a great chat, and yeah. um, in, enjoy your uh, your time at the beach this afternoon. That Thank sounds you. right. This morning, mate. Yeah. It's still morning. Yeah, true, true. Thanks, Simone. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Well, there she was, Rawdon, Simone Sleep. Very interesting. A couple of little mercury 
fillings floating around your teeth, mate? Yeah, let me just, uh, can you see? Uh, just doing it into the camera so you can see it. <laughs> Very interesting though, that mate. She was saying just the, the heat from a hot drink or hot food can cause mercury vapor to sort of leach out of those fillings and get into the bloodstream across the uh, blood brain Web, barrier. Blood, brain barrier, yep. We're all riddled with it. Well, you know, I, um, yeah, look, I mean, I have espressos, they're not, they're not overly hot, so hopefully I, I'm not creating too much vapor. Yes, but, and you like um, to really uh, nestle them and nurse them for quite a period yeah. of time, so they, they're, you know, absolutely room temperature or below by the time you've knocked them away. Exactly, yeah. exactly. A bit of uh, climate-induced thermogenesis there from the, the espresso. You know, I guess, I mean, I, I do, those that are listening are probably, oh, geez, I haven't been to the dentist for a while. I better, mm. I better go get a checkup, you know. I just think I've, I've had a bit of a sore tooth there for, for a week or two. Well, yeah, I think it pays to uh, go to the dentist and, uh, you know, keep that oral hygiene on point. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I've certainly been a little bit more diligent with it since talking to her, making sure I'm uh, consistent with the flossing and yep. actually even brushing my, giving my teeth a little brush in the morning before meal one. I would, use, you yep. know, I would, I would eat something and then do it, but apparently you know, the, the mouth can accumulate quite a few toxins and everything overnight. And then if you yeah, eat, yeah, yeah. get up and eat a meal straight away, then you'll push some of those toxins back down to the uh, digestive system to deal with. So maybe yeah. brushing your teeth first thing and then before you eat anything. But yeah, she was awesome. A lot yeah. of fun. We'll have to Good get it stuff. back on at some stage. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, she can be found at pathocell.com.au. We can be found at underthebarpodcast.com. And uh, that has been another episode of Under the Bar Podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely day. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Let's go.